The USFL Gambling Podcast Offseason Check-In Again episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet's now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10 and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free to play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's better fantasy, B E T T O R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, we're brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is live. It's free to download in the App Store and Google Play Store. Uh, you'll get access to all of our picks and podcasts. And remember to enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your own chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. So grab that app today and let it ride. This is Brian Bosworth, aka the Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out, Boz out. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn-of-the-century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. But survive, it did. SFL gambling podcast. My name is Kobe swinging dead to base Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> we're not picking games yet because we're still like, I don't know how many days away from uh, the USFL. I think 63 days away, about to be 62. Um, and, and so I had to bring on, this is what I've been doing. These, these preseason episodes where I find I, well, actually I don't even need to find, I knew that this guy was a passionate USFL fan. 
Uh, he is the host of the Lock Stops Here podcast, which I've been on several times. It's a blast. One of my favorite guys, fellow comic. I've known this guy shit. I feel like over a decade. Give it up for my guy Scott Bowser. How you doing, Scott? Yo, yo, yo! What up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm having a great time here, dude. Exactly. And when you think about when you think about uh, what it was, I think I I feel like it was last May or June. We woke up to news that the USFL is coming back, and I know instantly, me and you, text messages were sent saying, "Dude, they're fucking coming back! They're coming back, man!" And uh, I, I, I know we were saying we should do a podcast together. I, no, no. What we need to do is a live stream, like pregame show, our, have our pregame show instead of the network bullshit. And you and I will do a stream where we sit here wearing the orange sport coats with the, and I'll wear a toupee and everything for it. And we'll, <laughs> <laughs> you got the mustache. I'll wear the toupee. We'll bring it back to 1985, dude. Oh, I, I, I am all the way on board, man. Uh, look, I, what some of my first memories, and, and I sound like a broken record to to other episodes, but I'm just creating buzz uh, because I know me and you care. We love the USFL, the original USFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like back in the day, that's some of my first football memories. Walk me through your uh, your history with the the original USFL and and you know what what you liked about it and, and I don't know. Do you have a well, favorite team from for, then? I, I was I was an LA guy because they had Steve Young, but uh, it was like, I barely kind of remember the actual games and stuff from watching that in USFL. But I was one because I was one of the first leagues to actually be on ESPN back in the day, back in the eighties. Like, and people lot, didn't have cable. A lot of people didn't have cable. And we we were one of the we we had cable. Like I want to say we got cable in like eighty four, eighty five. So I remember my dad watching these USFL games that I would watch, and it was really weird. And my dad telling me how oh, Steve Young's better than all these guys like in the NFL, but he's on this team right now or whatever. But where I really kind of got in the USFL was actually in the early '90s, a few years after it had gone under. Well, well that's because ESPN Classic bought it, right? They yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was so I, I started watching a ton on there. And also, I was a big wrestling fan at that time, and I used to subscribe to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And each month, they'd have like a centerfold of a wrestler, but they would have their entire career bio in there. And as I would read through these, like so many of these guys played played in the USFL. And so I would always watch those games trying to find like Lex Luger and Ron Simmons and all these guys like <laughs> the, uh, what was that? The, the doom is that doom or something? Yeah. yeah, that from, was, yeah uh... Ron, Ron Simmons and butchery <laughs> doom. Yeah, dude. Well, well, and I mean, look, the USFL was historic on, on many levels um, from, from great NFL players that uh, were in the hall of fame. Yeah, Reggie White. I mean, uh, I mean, so there's so many of them. Kent Steve Hull, Young, Jim Kelly, Sam Mills. Yeah. He, he just got announced Sam the other Mills. day to 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 make the Hall of Fame. J- that's where Jim Morris started his first like uh, head coach uh, in, in professional football. Steve we, Spurrier coach there. Yeah, that was his first I think head coaching gig. So yeah. uh, I mean, you can go on and on. June Jones. We've had June Jones on the show before on the on the main feed SGP. We've had Jim Mora Jr. on, and they they talk about this league, uh, you know, uh, with with a great passion and and to remembering it. Um, well, and here's the thing, dude: is spring football and serves a purpose, I think, because uh, when you combine that with the CFL, we can almost have football year round now <laughs> because they start so early in the they start like midsummer or whatever. But when you really get into it, um, like. College football is so huge. And we love college football. We're both college football fanatics, dude. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, not all those guys are good enough to play in the NFL on Sundays, but there is enough talent being created at the major college football level to have a really good spring, like B league kind of situation. I think. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I I I called this out on the on the last show or maybe the show before that where. I get it. The numbers of people playing football, maybe in high school, high school are down or, or in middle school, but there's never been more college football played than now. There's more teams playing than ever. Yeah. So, so the, the talent pool is, and another thing is it's been more glo- the sport of fo- American football has been more global than ever right now. You saw it with Texas A&M's uh, recruiting class. They brought a tight end out of, I think Sweden. So then that was a five-star. Well, well. And also when you look at it, like I'm just thinking of like Heisman winners, like Eric crouch that don't really have a niche in the NFL, but dude, like a guy like him has a shot in the USFL. Well, well, another thing is I think the NFL misses all the time on talent evaluation. How many, how many times do we have to go down this route, whether it's Heineke uh, for the, for the Redskins or, or uh, PJ Walker for the Panthers, but you can even go back further. Jeff Garcia was playing in the CFL. Uh, Doug Flutie was playing in this. Yeah. Kurt Warner. Yeah. I mean, you, you look all over the, the, this, the sport, it, they clearly fail at judging talent uh, often. I mean, there, there's a reason I think me and Patty C uh, maybe last summer, we pulled up 40 years of the quarterback position uh, dr- draft picks in the first round. And they're hitting at slightly what, what we deemed as, as a good draft pick. Uh, uh, you know, so it's subjective, but we, we had that ranked as basically less than 50% on your, on your quarterback draft picks in the first round, slightly less. It was like 48 or 49. I, I mean, believe. to me, anything, but if you draft the quarterback in the first round, anything less than maybe, maybe like not late first round, if you're like already a playoff team and you're kind of just drafting depth at that point. But um, if you're drafting first round quarterbacks and that guy's not a 10 year starter that leads you to multiple playoff appearances, at least then that's a failed, that's yeah. a failed quarterback. I'm sorry. Like, uh, that, that's, I think that's the standard you need to be at. Well, I mean, if you look at another thing is you look at like people like Cooper cup, that was an FCS wide receiver Yeah, and, and Eastern and Washington on that red turf. Yeah. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if you're pulling in him, I mean, some of the best players ever have came from the FCS. Uh, so you wonder, man, if I, and especially with the FCS bringing in more recruiting talent than, than ever really, I mean, or at least since the sixties, the absolutely. Um, when you look at Deion Sanders is doing yeah, that level now, yeah. making them an actual player Mike, on the major recruiting, Mike Minter at Campbell, which is an FCS school. The Campbell Campbell's had a top 80 recruiting class. The Campbell Campbell. Yes. Yes. in in North Carolina, um, so they had a top 80, they recruited like better than Syracuse this year. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, th- I think there's something to that. And also it's getting more head coaching opportunities. Let's face it. Uh, like these, a lot of these college programs kind of stick with the same guys and the NFL gets stuck with the same thing. I, and when we look at this list of, I want to go over this list of us level coaches for this year with you, but, and there is a lot of familiar NFL names on there. But I think that's good for this first season. I I think it's good to get a lot of familiar kind of retread types for this first. And then the league starts forging its own identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I I was okay with the coaches and we we can go, we can, we can shift to there right now. I was hoping just for a little more contrast. That was my thing of like, uh, yeah, I like, I like the coaches they brought in for the most part. I I just wish one of the things that I I have my first recollections of, of USFL or perhaps the, the, the NFL or, or college football, what made football great to, to me. And, and I mean, there's many levels to this, but is contrast. Uh, I remember watching whether it was NFL or whether it was the USFL with, with mouse Davis running the run and shoot with the Houston gamblers and Denver gold, or 
or uh, back, you know, the, the, the NFL, you look back in like 1988 or 87, when I first started to really dive into the NFL um, teams, their, their, their identities were so much different. You would have the Houston Oilers running the run and shoot with, yep. you know, and the Steelers are just like yes. straight up the middle pound you with the power game. And then you have like the Redskins, uh, you know, would, would do the, the motion never out of the gun. And then you had the yeah, West they, coast they'd offense. Run that, yeah. They'd run that like double tight end, like H back kind of, yes. they invented a position to, to try and to block, block Lawrence Taylor, State. Donnie, Donnie I mean, Warren, their tight end. Yeah. And, and and then you have, uh, you know, the, the West coast offense of the Niners and the Bengals. Well, you have the, I think uh, that's why you and I both love the mountain West and some belt conferences in the college football, because you do get this diversity of triple option teams going against air raid teams, going against pistol, like spread teams going, yes. you know, like, and that element is missing. We, we had Mike Leach on the show, head coach of Mississippi state and, and, and on our main feed. And, and we, I was asking him questions. He said, you know, the NFL used to be more innovating. That, you know, they would take gambles more on, on Don Coriel. Yeah. Yes. And so you would have this crazy, how about the 85? I mean the, the Chicago bears back then when Dicka was their coach, they would run it heavy buddy. Ryan moved on to the, to the Eagles and, and he was all defense. Uh, you, I care a little bit about offense. So you had this crazy contrast, uh, you know, that the lions were running, run and shoot. So throughout the league and, and I really I miss Atlanta was running, run and shoot back in yeah. those days. Go back yeah. to 88, the Indianapolis Colts, Ron Meyer was their coach. He even ran variations of the wishbone with Eric Dickerson and Albert Bentley. And, and well, I mean, look at that Don Coriel offense. It's from San Diego where Joe Gibbs was his offensive coordinator with Dan Fouts. Like this guy was thrown for 4,000 yards a year when everybody else is thrown for 2,200. Yeah. And, and then and then Joe Gibbs gets hired over in Washington and takes that playbook, but revamps it to make it more power run with trips wide. Yes. And then bringing, bringing in H backs and doing all kinds of ton weird, of motion, like, ton of motion. Like, okay, yeah. I don't have a Kellen Winslow here, so I got to do something different. And like, well, and he was facing Lawrence Taylor twice. Lawrence a year. Taylor. Yeah. And Reggie so, white I mean, and Reggie white. Him, so the tight end was basically a six O line. Yes. And then yes. the fullback becomes the H back or whatever. And then the, the halfback was really a fullback. It's like John Riggins was more of a fullback. Yeah. They would use Riggins. They, they would use a slew Gerald Riggs uh, later in the nine, yeah. uh, like late eighties, early nineties. And then Ernest Biner kind of yes. stepped into that oh, role. You mentioned my East Carolina boy. Um, <laughs> uh, look, uh, but I think you're right. Cause I remember you tweeting about this too, uh, about how they should have hired Paul Johnson in there. And I 100% agree with you on that dude. Like, dude, Paul, he, J- him bringing the triple option into the USFL would have been something else, especially for a lot of these really athletic quarterbacks that just need more reps between college and the NFL. Yeah. Well, there's some of these guys like where you're like, Hey, I think he's got something, but it's going to take a couple years somewhere else to develop that. Like I've never understood why the NFL, like, okay. The last time I have done my history and this the last time I've seen the option in the NFL was 88 Indianapolis Colts, Ron Meyer, and also 87 with the scabs. Bill Walsh did it with the Niners, right? It was successful. So like, especially that, that was at pro football. They always say like, you know, Oh, the defenses are too fast. I, I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think it's marketability, but I never understood why the Detroit lions just Detroit lions have been terrible ever since Bobby lane left. Yeah. Uh, we the talked Pittsburgh about this Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just run the triple option, Detroit. Come yes, on. I guarantee you, your fan base would be more happy with that because at least you'd be competitive. You'd be competitive. You're losing games by 40 every week. You've been terrible for you have one playoff win in like 70 years. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's where the USFL to me. But I know Moose Johnson, who I, I love the fact that he's involved with the, even though I'm not a Dallas Cowboy guy, but Moose Johnson, 
I'm I'm a big fan of fullbacks. Well, that was the yeah. next evolution of the Coriel offense, where, because like Erdie Zampezi broke off from Washington and did the Eric Dickerson version with the Rams, and then from that you get like Norv Turner and all these guys coming out of that coaching staff. That that and then he takes it to Dallas, where it was more of a traditional I formation type team, but it's still that same playbook. It's still that it's it's still that Coriel where like yeah you do, you're you're doing that mo- you're doing a lot of motion you're shifting you know and they they built it around the halfback draw. It's funny how watching every coach that's ever ran that system, they all r- build it really essentially around a signature run play. Whether it's the counter trap, whether whether it's the you know the draw like Dallas did, it's it's really interesting. And then you have the Bill Walsh system too coming. Like I yeah, you're right, dude. Like the eighties are so much dude, better. I, with like I, I sound innovation, dude, dude. You're right. I mean I sound like the old man here. Always. Uh, I'm trying to explain this to Sean and Ryan in the SGP studio here. I I'd say sometimes we're at lunch eating and I go, man, it's just bored. Like I, I, I don't mean to be bashing the NFL. I still watch it. I still watch it all the time, but I find it boring. They're they're Their offenses are copycat there. There's not much variety. Yeah. Like, okay. Like the bill Walsh versus Coriel versus like the Earhart Perkins system that a lot of teams also run like, you know, that was famous in like the giants and Steelers and stuff like that. But it's like, you can like take all three of those main systems and they've all kind of blended into a hybrid where they've also infused a lot of air raid stuff from the college level where now you can't watch football on a Sunday and be like, that team's running the wall system. Yes. That team's running. You, you can't well, do and that. that gets it back. all looks the same, especially defensively now too. Oh, a hundred percent. Try and tell the difference. Well, the rules the have hurt that too, but, yeah, but true. But like everybody's in sub packages 80% of the time now. So like literally you, you watch Sunday and you tell me which teams are running the three, four and four, three, like honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right, man. And, and, but that's the thing, Mike, I remember, like I said, going back to what Mike Leach was saying, he, we were asking about cliff Kingsbury uh, be, you know, Cliff Kingsbury played quarterback under coach Leach. And, and he was saying, well, he thinks Cliff's g- going to be a good coach. But he also said, I think from what I hear, he's just hired as the head coach, but he's really only in charge of the offense. They have their defense. And he goes, I, I have issues with that because you, you're not hiring your own coaches. So I don't know how it will work out for him. And then he even said like the NFL in the seventies and eighties were, were the, their highest level of innovation for football. He thought, and he goes, now I find it to be college and high school where, you yeah. know, uh, they're in the NFL. It's everything's the same. If anything, he said he had Andy Reid come into his camp, studying some of the air raid um, and, and maybe implementing rank. And you see that. And you see them doing that with uh, Mahomes because I mean, they drafted him out of Texas tech and incorporated a lot of that kind of stuff into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, man, but, but I do think, and I want, I, this is where I hope, you know, obviously the, I love the fact that USFL is playing into the eighties teams, yes. you know, bringing back these, these classic teams that I love. Now I hope they continue to do that. Uh, well, I, I, I want the Memphis showboats, dude, the San Antonio gunslingers. That's, that's, that, that's another one. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, Memphis showboats, dude, dude, that could be one such a great franchise, such a great so, franchise, yeah. uh, just such a great name. Dude, uh, Cause I'm thinking of building a stadium for them. that looks like a giant riverboat from the outside. Like, <laughs> dude, Dude, that's I, I I'm a huge fan of that team and that that name. I think they still own the rights for that. I heard Moose yeah. Johnson talk about this on like a radio show in te- in Texas, where hopefully in year two or three they would be able to expand to some other markets. And I'm like, well, shit. Uh, that well, that's the problem the league made the first time around, and they need to watch out for that of expanding too fast. But they were cash strapped in those early days 
So what they did was they kept uh, expanding and charging expansion fees to these new owners to buy in. And it got, and kind of got out of control too quick. So they need to watch out for expanding too quick. I do like uh, the eight franchises they picked to start out. I, I mean, I, I, I do. I would have chosen like, I, I have, I don't have my a- problem is, is there's too many teams on this list that are already NFL markets like new Orleans, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. There's already, five, but at the same time, those are all like passionate fan bases. That's what I was about to say. I, like Louisiana uh, doesn't give a shit about basketball. They, they, they'll watch football year round. I know they will. I've been down there plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and like the Tampa fans, they're not, they're not going to get into the Orlando magic this time of year. <laughs> of course the NBA, small market teams, the NBA <laughs> never work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so my hope is that obviously some of these other classic franchises, I, I really believe that. And I, I'll be honest as a business, the, the business side of this, I, this is by far the best layout I've seen as far as a business structure for a league. Yeah, the AAF was super cool and they, and then but they didn't have their shit together business wise and they got poached by a hedge fund billionaire. Yeah, well and, and they they lost the main investor. It was part of like an FBI probe or something. I don't even fucking yeah, know. But it, it was a whole thing, yeah. But this is the one that I think can work and and how about I, this though? It's also in addition to maybe like some the classic franchises, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in new teams into like states that don't have a pro team yet. Yeah. No, I thought the, so AAF- like, I, I think like a team in Hartford would be f- fucking rule or like new Mac, a new Albuquerque team. Yeah. That could fucking rip. Well, I was thinking uh, the AAF had a salt Lake city team. Now their their attendance wasn't great, but I, I know this or Providence. I, I think Utah is like a sleeping giant with fans. You see it with these like, college yeah, basketball salt, programs. Dude, salt, salt Lake would be incredible. Yeah. You're you s- right. You see it with Utah State, BYU, Utah. They care about it. Utah Jazz in the NBA. They care dude, about they, their product. Those there. fans like, are insane yeah. there, dude. So if you were to just be have a little bit of sustainability, I do think Salt Lake City would be would be killer. So I, I would be completely okay with them expanding there. But I also do want to see like, okay, I grew up in the Washington D.C. area. Yeah, I'm sorry, and I know we. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole with the name change, but now that they're the Commanders. I could give a shit about that team, right? I could give a shit. But you're a Jets fan anyway. Right? Yeah, I know. Well, I, both really. I grew up. I, but yes, Jets were my number one. But I, I, I did grow up rooting for the Redskins in the NFC, and 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 to me, that area is a diehard fan base. And and Dan Snyder's just ruined it long before the name change. I'm talking like back when he took it over in like '98. He's been horrible. Bringing the Washington Senators of football. Well, no, the, they, they had the Washington Federals, the the Feds, oh, which I think dude. are a much better name. And way I, better. It's the same reason we lobby for George Mason to start a football program. Me and Patty C. It's because we know that area breathe. It breathes football. It does. I'm telling you, like it is a sleeping giant. So I look. I know the DC team in the XFL had success there. So I'm sure the XFL is planning to go back there. But with the USFL coming, uh, you know, this year, obviously they've already announced their eight teams. It's not going to be DC, but uh, if they're smart and they, if they were going to expand, which I'm not saying to expand for sure in year one, but if you would, I think you'd be foolish not to look at that market because that market loves football. I'm telling I you think year three is the year for expansion. If, if and that's the quickest they should do it because they need to have at least two seasons of developing this and having the infrastructure down. How many, how many do you think you expand? You have all these classic names. The Oakland invaders were great. Oh, the, Oakland the, uh, invaders is good. Arizona outlaws or Oklahoma outlaws. <laughs> they, they were in both cities. 
Yeah, um, dude, hey, make them the New Mexico outlaws. Dude. I'm on board. I'm on board. Billy the Kid as their fucking mascot. <laughs> Just like dude. the New Mexico State mascot with that crazy cowboy. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm way into that. Like, you know, and or even the the New Mexico gunslingers, I'd be into that too. You yeah. know, just kind of going a little further, just go a little further west. But, but I do believe, like some of those markets, like I, I I can tell you right now, I think DC, whether it's XFL, whether it's USFL, my Facebook feed was blowing up with this name change, and I they they already lost a ton of fans over the past twenty years. Well, yeah, it's so stupid. Well, dude. that's what I'm saying. Like I I think that's a I sleeping a, giant. I would go head to head with Dan Snyder in that market too. That's the thing is, if you're going to go to an NFL market. You got to go to a place where the owner's weak. So I would go into Detroit. Yes. I would go into DC. Dude, D- Detroit uh, could totally could the, the Michigan Panthers and Panthers, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, they could totally steal that market with football. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I agree. You, you, there's certain cities that we know will work. I was surprised. Oakland San Invaders Antonio would be awesome. I think they would get after. Oakland would definitely get after, especially if the A's moved to Vegas. Well, and it's so that close to Raiders. The Oakland, Oakland so. Invaders, it's so close to Raiders, and it fits now that there's the only team in Oakland. Um, I have a lot of Bay Area friends that miss the Raiders and uh, they come down here to Vegas for the games. And yeah, like, I, dude, I, I think Oakland Invaders would work. Uh, I even I think, think a, I even think I she, like a Portland team would work. I do. I do too. I do too. You saw those, those, Seattle's like, fans in the XFL the trailblazers, dude. They're diehard. Yeah. Trail, trailblazers fans are diehard, man. Like Portland would support a USFL team in the spring. Dude. I also Thanks. think, I also think like you, you still, I would try for Chicago. I think bears fans I, look, and I love the bears as a franchise. I still think though, that they're, they've had some tough, or, like, or we talk about weak ownership, like sneaking Atlanta is actually one of those kind of oh, markets. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, look at this dude in Atlanta right now. Did you, did you, did you, I'm having a 9% beer right now. Uh, that got me, uh, got me slurring a little bit. No, but uh, did you know the Atlanta uh, major league soccer team kills it? Yeah. It kills uh, it. Right? It draws more people per game than the Braves. That's wild. <laughs> the That's Braves wild. Just, in, in, a, in a year, the Braves won the fucking world series. So like Atlanta, dude, if, if somebody has their shit together, that's a market that this th- league can thrive in. You I know think, I, mean? I like, think, I think a lot of those cities, man, like Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham, that area that they, I, I, oh, I yeah. definitely agree with that, with that one. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think major league baseball is kind of sleeping on not getting a team in that market. Me too. Me too. I mean, which, I mean, I know that would probably hurt the Durham bulls, which obviously with bull Durham and, and they're classic. I've been to that stadium, but I don't think it would because look how many teams were, are within a 45 minute drive of the angels and Dodgers are, are like right now. That's true. There's a shitload of minor league teams. Like I, I think that area can handle it. But let's talk about that. Baseball is not going to have a season. It seems like at least. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that. I mean, that's going to give USFL. When come April, when this league starts, and if there's no baseball, you're 100 percent right. This is as big as it's going to get for these guys. Yeah, especially especially with a going back to a normal NBA format where people aren't going to give a shit about the playoffs until like fucking uh, May, late late May. You know, yeah. and, and, and so and like, even with that, the NBA's ratings, you compare it to the XFL, uh, you know, obviously smokes. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, in the XFL, we didn't even see them in the playoffs. Now I, I don't know. Maybe the, uh, we didn't see the NBA in the playoffs at that point either. So I could, I can't look at them competing at that same times, but uh, it wouldn't, I just think football is king. And especially if they, if they tackle what, the fantasy going to be in, in the XFL here, 
or in the uh, USFL. USFL. Well, I I do want to find out you're more. You're gonna have like three. You're gonna have like three teams. <laughs> I know, <laughs> three I know out of the eight. Did. Well, look, the Houston Gamblers. We have a, a gambler's helmet here in the in the studio that we've had. You know, ever since before we even knew the USFL was coming back, just because I always loved the fact that the, the, the yeah, that name, the Gamblers, June yeah. Jones. They're running the air raid. At, I'm sorry, not the air raid. They're running the run and shoot at times where. Uh, at a time where, you know, they said it couldn't work in football, which I, I appreciated. Um, and so that one jumps out to me, obviously that the uniforms were, were very similar to my high schools. So it's like, I, I, I love that helmet. I actually think they have one of the most flawless football uniforms ever in my opinion. And uh, uh, so that one jumps out, but I'll say this, there's a catch. They're playing this all in Birmingham year one. I don't like dome football. So if I find out that they're in, in the, you know, the, the, the playing in, in that, that Texans dome, I, I don't want to be on board with that. Right. I'm hoping they'll play at yeah. like the university of Houston's football stadium. It's outdoor. But another thing is the city of Houston. I never been a big fan of the sports teams there. So like, then I'm like conflicted, but I love the gamblers and their name is fantastic. You love Olajuwon. I do. I, I actually, I did like that team. I did like that team. That the 94, 95 Rockets I, I, was great. I, is it okay if I announce the team I'm going to be rooting for? Yeah, no, here? that's what uh, we want you to do. We saw this. You put it up on Twitter, saying which I'm going to announce what Twitter t- or which USFL team I'm going to be rooting for. We got a lot of feedback on it. I was excited because you said you were going to be on this podcast. Uh, so I guess let's. Uh, yeah, I'm giving you exclusive content here. Like, uh, I'm not even doing this on my show. I'm wait, I, I'm going to give you some some pick Dundee music. To right. go with this. All right. The All right. Luck Stops Here's podcast host, Scott Bowser. Check out the Luck Stops Here announcing his favorite USFL football team. You got to imagine, like, the it's like one of those tables. It's a press conference. I got the hats in front of me. Like, I'm a big time college recruit. Like the Jackson State and, guy, yeah. the Travis Hunter. And you yeah. know what? And let me say this I, uh, I put my final four on. Keep the music going. I love that. Dude, yeah. We got yeah. it, man. So, dude, uh, uh, so like, okay, I picked the final four where I picked the Pittsburgh Maulers. I'm a Steelers fan in the NFL. My family's from Western Pennsylvania. I, I had to put the Steelers in there. Uh, I put the Philadelphia Stars on there. Uh, I thought that, that could be a bonding experience for Sean Green. And <laughs> um, I also put the Houston Gamblers on there for reasons we've talked about already. Uh, the Gamblers, how am I not going to have them if it's one of my finalists? Um, and then my other finalist was the Tampa Bay Bandits. Now, here's the thing: is Bandit ball. I've been getting really, really into Zed Run lately with the the digital horse racing market, and and I love racing my horses so much. I got a nice little stable going where I found some value racers that are that are turned that are have. I have like a 13% win rate amongst my stable. Colby, that's very impressive. Only 4% of the horses in the game that have is a more impressive. than a 10% rate win rate. And my entire stable has a 13% rate. There so, we go. Uh, Birmingham Stallions really, really coming in hard. But they're going to be second. They're going to finish second here. Oh. Uh, they almost got in there. I, I was thinking about it. Cause like, Drum roll. Drum now. roll. Shout out to Clark Griswold. What are you but, doing here? Uh, and this one, believe it or not, finished last in the poll I ran on Twitter. Got only 8% of the vote. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bandits. Bandit oh, ball, Bandit Ball is back. Oh, man. Look, I am on board with Bandit Ball, and I have two main reasons. Reason number one, Burt Reynolds yes. was a yes. owner of yes. the original <laughs> Bandits. And anything connected, that's why they're the Bandits. 
It's because of Smokey and the yes, Bandit. Long before The Rock, which kudos to The Rock for saving the XFL and, and, and creating a football league. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. But Huge. the first Hollywood guy to get into it, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds owning the Tampa Bay Bandits, or I think he was a part owner, but, uh, and Bandit Ball. I think John Bassett was actually the majority owner, but yeah, dude, Bandit Ball with Burt. Bert wearing a cowboy hat in the end zone, dude, old school clip. They have a great, Come on, dude. They, they have a great theme song that I'm, and I must apologize for not having it on the soundboard right now. The, the Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah, bandits. I, I, yeah. that is, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit upset with myself for not having the, uh, the Tampa Bay bandits theme song on, it will be on my soundboard. I'll put it like, are that. you surprised by though? Jerry Hold Reed, the direction I went a little bit, but, but not really. Todd Haley's got a Steelers background and, and I'll and be honest. That's the thing is I'm a big Todd Haley guy. He coached some very, very, the, the some of the best sealer offenses. Re- Dude, Todd Haley got the most out of Antonio Brown. Like, like, and, and Antonio Brown never went buck wild under him. That says a lot about his ability. Same with Le'Veon Bell. He had some real basket cases on that offense and he got their best, their best years out of them. And so, the Tampa Bay bandits logo is fire. It is. That is a great logo. When I saw them bring that, when I, when we graded the logos uh, in, in the SGPN studio, when it dropped, I was like, okay, right. well, gamblers and bandits stand out easily. Now see the, the stallions though with skip Holtz that that was a strong, well, you know, lie, you, you know, like, you know, it's going to be a big rivalry. They're in the same division. And I'm an East Carolina guy. Skip Holtz. So that, that, that one might, but the, my problem with the, with, with Birmingham is they changed their uniforms. I, I don't like the new, I yeah. mean, the, 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 the retros, come on. The, when I saw those commercials, great USFL commercials, by the way, if you haven't seen those, those are absolutely fire with the restaurant and the construction, but the gamblers uniforms are still spot on. Uh, it looks like the generals are looking spot next on. Time I, next time I'm on this show, I'm going to dress like Burt Reynolds in Cannonball Run. Yes. Like the driver. <laughs> That'll be paying homage to our guy Norm McDonald. Much yeah, love yeah. to Norm McDonald. Rest in peace, man. Lo- love Norm. Great guy and uh, and true DGen as well. Um, so let me ask you this: What rules do you want to see out of the USFL? So now we got your team: Tampa Bay Bandits, Scott Bowser. I I can already see him. Dressed as a fucking bandit at the game, right? Uh, so yeah, dude. I mean, I'm on board. Bandit ball, baby. Dude, ba- spread, spread. The other reason was, of course, Spurrier. The that, Spurrier connection that's alone, true. and then now Todd Haley. I love this, dude. Yeah, love this so much. Uh, now here's the also. I love how Todd Haley would scream at Kurt Warner. Uh, back in the day when like, like, <laughs> like that, that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I, I would have loved court. Spurrier though, because I do miss the, 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 the visor grab and then frustration. Just he really would always, was pulling for Spurrier. Yeah. Um, no, but what, what were you just saying? I was going to say this, like uh, what rules do you want to see? Like, is oh, there the, certain, is there well, a, a like, to, I want to see pro taunting rules first off. Yes. And pro celebration. I, I think the NFL is dropping the ball really hard on celebrations and this taunting bullshit. So dude, like encourage that stuff. Well, encourage like obviously you don't want to see full scale brawls go down because of the taunting, but dude, like a little pizzazz, a little showmanship. Well, that's what, that, that's what Patty C says, man. Patty C's got a great angle on this, and I agree. And NC Nick too. They said that bring back what was great about football in the eighties, but the campy feel, the helmet cars. Yeah. Remember yeah. the helmet cars and the, the helmet cars would be amazing. They yeah. should do that. It's that, that, that can't cost that much money. That, may, that right? makes a fucking torn ACL look a lot. Like kind of cute. <laughs> exactly. Get the helmet cars, buy into the, 
the, the, the fun of what was so great about the first USFL and just football dude, and at the, that and time. The original USFL two is heavy on celebrations. So yes. they need to keep that spirit alive, dude. It, hey, NFL, what is it? The no fun league. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Hey, uh, the USFL, you and Scotty fun league. How about that? I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I, whatever. I'm, I mean, uh, dude, uh, dude, we can work on that, but, but at the same time, so like I'm one that says, and I get a lot of flack for this on, online. I, you can't root for the gamblers because of Kevin Sumlin, by the way, too. That's true. Wanna, and we make too much money point. fading him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm one that didn't like the XFL kickoff. I reward them for doing it because I thought trying to push the game is clever, but I, I didn't like it. I, I like, and I don't like what the was it again where they all started like on the 50. Yeah. Then, well, you, like, they, like, they kick it. It's like one kickers way up there and the whole team is 10 yards apart, like at the 20 or the 30. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think you move it back to original football. Let's play, uh, let's play, let's play, uh, you know, just, just back, you know, move, not the NFLs, but I'm saying move it back to where it was. Cause the NFL moved it up to, to prevent injuries. Look, injuries are going to happen. We like football. All right. Injuries are going to happen. If you don't want to play football, go get a fucking office job. That's my philosophy. All right. Um, but I will say this, and Rod Rod Villa Gomez of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, he he brought up a good point of perhaps using the CFL kickoff rules where you have to ki- kick it in play essentially because if you kick it out of bounds, you give a point to the other team. Yeah, a rouge. Yeah, that that's a. Cl- I'm okay with that idea too. I just don't want to see them. The yeah, if you're c- able to kneel a touchback, yeah. you get a point. That's I like that. I like that a lot. Me too. Me too. And I uh, I was gonna say because like I do think we they can tinker with scoring a little bit. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing 50, 50 yard plus field goals to be worth four points. I wouldn't mind that either. I wouldn't because mind that either. I think that would create what we both love as a deep defensive strategy based field position game where teams would be really reluctant to give big field position if it's a four point field goal you're giving up. And, and like, we're going to see teams punting, putting it back. Like, I like all the fourth, I like them going forward a lot in the fourth down these days. I, I do approve of that. But. Yeah. I also like putting more stakes on it now. Yeah. If, yeah. If the Atlanta, if the analytics are telling everybody to go for it on fourth, go for it on fourth. Well, let's give the other team four points if they can kick it over 50 yards. Yeah. You know, or, it, well, that's why I think the overtime too, like I was thinking, you know, the first team, whoever wins the coin toss starts this and I'm just spitballing here, but obviously I don't want the NFL's overtime. Um, I, I start at midfield at the 50 yard line, the team that wins the coin toss. Right. And what's great about this is if they get 10 yards or they get a first down, they're still not in field goal range. So they have to get pretty much two first downs. And even at that, it's gotta be conservative because you are not even conservative. It's you gotta be strategic because if you miss a 54 yard field goal, the other team gets the ball there and all they need is a field goal. Yeah. What do you think it's of that? Idea? Four, in my, in my view, it's worth four points too. That's true too. Well, I mean, it'll be irrelevant, I guess, if it's in overtime. But Every I mean, overtime, but I I like that. Uh, how about this for overtime? Because Decker has long said that kicking should be done by the heaviest guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Put the defensive that, like, tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have if you have like a three hundred fifty pound nose tackle. He's got to go out there and do your kicks, dude. That's some fa- I, that's some fan controlled football shit right there. 
I love Decker's idea of that. So what if for overtime, we just had the heaviest guys go out there and do a fat guy field goal contest. I mean, that would be that. Look, I, I can appreciate the fun in that, but no, I want, I want it to be a real football. League. You want it to be real yeah. football. Okay. Real football. league. I also fat guy field goal contest though. is pretty good, man. <laughs> no, I, I, that would, I would still be highly entertained, but that's what fan fan control football should do that. All right. Cause I don't, I don't watch fan control. That's all the pro bowl should be. Yes. They, they just get the heaviest guys in the league. The pro bowl was such a crock of shit this year. What a crock of shit that was this year. Um, I didn't watch it at all. I, I watched uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance instead. That's oh, a very good movie. That's a classic movie right there. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this though. So, so rule changes uh, like to me, I want them to, uh, to bring back the pass interference rules of, of like, I, I, I want col- either college football's pass interference rules, which I, I think Mike for is already planning on doing that. Yeah, or, I like that. Just fifteen yards, man. Yes, fifteen yards, or just let them. I like the fact you can get bump and run. I I, I miss those days where defense. Yeah. That's my biggest problem, really. I miss defense and I miss special teams, and I think it's been lost in 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 this this money grab of of fantasy football and, and high octane offense. I miss defense and special teams so so much, man. I watch games all the time here at, at God's Eye from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and I'm just like, oh man, remember special teams? Remember defense? Um. I mean, I understand some of it, like the Mel Blunt rule, like you should only be able to really check them. Like the first five, 10 yards, like 15 yards down feels a little much. I agree. I agree. I agree, man. And I agree with certain things. Like obviously like uh, targeting to me is one where I I, I think you should have that rule, but I don't think it should be called much unless it truly is when it's 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 like maliciously done, call it. But to me, targeting that Vontez perfect hit on Antonio Brown in that playoff game. Yeah. I think that's like a great example where he was going out of his way, like maiming him kind of situation. That's what I'm saying. But, but but most of the ones you see on TV, you're like, this is just such a crock of shit. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah, yeah. especially like, dude, like I, I hate it when they slow these things down to the, like the frame. And you're supposed to be like, no, dude, watch it in real time because that's how much the guy had actually had to react. Yeah. We could sit here and slow it down as much as we want and think, oh, look. Yeah. He could have done this. I want I want that back. I want the I want the crackback block uh, allowed because that one kills me. That one so if a receiver if a receiver reverses yeah, field, if he reverses field and you're trying to set a block. I mean, come on, that, 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 that is just ridiculous or no, on a turnover too. You yeah. can get called for it. It kills like me, on an man. Interception where it's like, dude, that's just the position it was at because it was a broken play. Like yeah. it's a fucking turnover. Dude, that one he's drives not supposed me to be running it back. Like absolutely that. crazy. It drives me absolutely fucking crazy. That Same they, with punt returns. Yes. They do, that happens a lot. That's an element. Like I said, quit hiding from the fact. And that's what Patty C and NC Nick say as well is like quit hiding from the fact that this is football. All right. It's like boxing. We, 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 we don't, watch boxing to see a bunch of headgear and all this stuff. Like, okay, the game is violent and we, we are going to try our best to do it, but don't ruin the game by doing it. You know, like yeah, we won't, we won't Ronnie Locke cutting off fingers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, look, and, I mean, and, for real, dude, like that's, that's what we're looking for here. That's, I want that level of dedication, dude. If you're going to play in the USFL and you're not willing to cut a finger off, get out of here guy. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and hold on. There was another one. Oh, I, the wedge on the special teams. I, I missed the wedge too. Oh, I love the wedge. Dude, yeah. I, I would only call that on Madden back in the day and stuff like, dude, dude. The only kick return. Play I, I, I know I'm probably in the, like, I know that 
I don't even think I'm in the minority. I think I'm in the majority, but I just feel like most people are just like, they're, they're just like, okay, whatever you want to do. Let's just, watch. I, I you think you're right though. Like the, the fantasy obsession and everything. I mean, I'm one of the, those fantasy nerds, me too, me too, but and I, it's like, it's, but it's true, dude. It's like, we're sitting here rooting for points every weekend when dude, like growing up, man, those like 17 to 13 games were epic. I, dude, you just spoke my language right there. Cause I've always said the perfect football score to me is 17 to 13. And the team that has 13 points has got the ball. They and both got three scores. One had two yes, field goals, though. And yes, the other had only one. That's the perfect football score to me. I think NC Nick said he likes like a like a 24-21 game. Um, but I think 17. Oh, I can get 13, on board with like a 28-24, where yeah. it just comes down to the field goal versus the touchdown at the end. Like I, I can get on board. As long as to me, you're not overprotecting offense. I think that's another thing. Is like you made offense. I also don't want to so go ridiculous. two quarters without a score. Like I don't. I that can be a little like a. I don't know. I love, I love defense, man. And I love special I teams. Too, Dude, I, like I watched I, the 86, the 1986 NFC championship, the giants and the Redskins. This was at, at uh, the Meadowlands. And I, I, if you go back and watch this, the, I think the, the giants even shut out the Redskins, but it, a lot of it, they pretty much won the game off defense and field position. They got, they, well, that's the thing is you could actually have a high scoring defensive game where turnovers are setting up short field position or just going straight back to the house, you know, I but, mean, but I thought that was awesome. Like I, re- I rewatched it this summer, this past summer. And I was like, wow, I was like, they kind of just pinned them back from the first drive they got. So the giants essentially didn't even, they got stopped at like midfield. Then they punted Sean Landetta was a beast punter, U- former USFL punter. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he punts at like, and it lands at like the one and it was incredibly windy and cold. But the but the rest of the game, the Redskins had a really hard time getting out of there, and but the fact they couldn't get first downs, the Giants basically won that game off special teams and their defense keeping the keeping the Redskins in check. I thought it was phenomenal. I miss games like that, man. I miss hey. I, I miss just the defensive struggle. Now I get it. <laughs> I don't want to see six to three. I mean, I'm okay with six to three. I'd rather see six to three than forty nine forty five. But um, the perfect score to me is like seventeen thirteen. Here's the thing: is I like the I w- wish it was mostly like those games in the teens, twenties. And then occasionally you have like that Oilers Bengals matchup that goes 41, 38 out of nowhere. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm okay I'm, with I'm, that. Like, you know, where you see that, that one shootout every few weeks, it's like, Whoa, instead of all these shootouts all the time, it gets a little much. Um, Let me ask you think, this though. What's that? Do you think Tim Tebow plays in this league? <laughs> no. But that tight end, he, should, he tried for Jacksonville. What, dude, what, he can't block, man. Come <laughs> on, dude. Don't say he's a tight end. I'm just saying, if if, if they're in in that you area, you saw of the him country, try and block in the NFL in, yeah. in preseason. There, that was yeah. maybe the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen <laughs> on, on a football field. Is Tim Tebow trying to block? On what about okay, this? Can, the can sh- we give the league credit on this format though? Because everybody does east, east and west, east and west. Nah, dude, they went old school. They went north versus south, north division, south division. Yeah, they went straight Mason Dixon line, and <laughs> I appreciate that. Dude. I do. I can. I, I look, and I love the fact they're playing. In, look, I think it's smart they're playing in Birmingham, the first city. Birmingham put up money for them, and I think with COVID, you know, who knows if games would have got canceled if you'd gone elsewhere. I think it's an easy way to lose money. I think it makes sense, and I love the fact there's no dome games. You know me, Bowser. Dome football. Is to me yeah, a so shittier it's, grade it's of football. Christ. It's a yeah. shittier grade of football. Um, so I do agree though, because they're not blowing their overhead though on a bunch of stadiums all over the country, and, yeah. and just keep it and keep it centered. I think that's a that's a smart business decision early on, especially early on. Like I said, I want I want to see next year though 
after year two, I want the Michigan Panthers to play at the Detroit Tiger Stadium. I want them to play. Dude, there. I want them to build a new stadium for the uh, New Jersey team. Yeah, to play in the they should play at Rutgers's uh, yeah. Rutgers football stadium. Yeah, because you know, because like I grew how up about in that. A- how about that though? We we we. Where, where do you want to see Pittsburgh play? Because I I heard speculation that they could play at one of the universities. Oh, that'd be cool. Like the D, um, the FCS schools. I was like, whoa, they're gonna play at like Duquesne or uh, Robert Morris or something, or are they yeah, gonna play at I Heinz? Think Duquesne would be cool, dude. Like, I like, that would actually be pretty cool. That, that's a great point that that NC Nick had when he was when he was on the, one of our episodes saying that uh, uh, make sure you don't go for the pro stadium because when it looks empty. It sucks for for television. If you yes. get the the small stadium and it's live, that's all that matters. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. I know agree. your I market. One hundred percent with that. Yeah. Know your it's market. It's like a comedy that. show, dude. Yes, a hundred percent. Me and you stand up. We've been doing stand up a long fucking time. How much better is it when we do one of my one of my bar I shows? Stand up in like four years, but yeah, you do you. <laughs> but 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 it doesn't matter. You still did. No, my I've done before. like fifteen hundred yeah. seat theaters with two hundred and fifty people in it, and it feels fucking empty. Where it's like if that 250 people was just in a normal comedy club, it would be amazing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that and we saw that with the XFL, with the D, with the DC team, they played at that soccer stadium. I forget the name of it, but uh, uh, and they packed that thing. Whereas if they would have played that at uh, whatever that shit FedEx or whatever the hell that is now in 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 Maryland, that would have been that would have looked terrible. And you, it looked terrible when they played at the Meadowlands. The Guardians played at the, the Meadowlands, and it looked like shit. Like there was like. Yeah. Uh, 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 40 people Dude, there. Go like. to the chargers. I mean, when they were playing at the soccer stadium, that was cool. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. It was cool. Dude, we like, had bill Burr on the show and bill Burr was talking about how that was uh he loved it. He said it was an intimate NFL experience. And I went to an XFL game there. I saw the, the Los Angeles wildcats play the uh, Dallas renegades there, man. I wish I would have gone to see the Steelers play there. I kind of regret that. All right. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I can't believe Jeff Fisher's coaching this thing, by the way. Yeah. Let's go through the coaches. Let's go through yeah, the coaches you, here. You want to go through? Okay. okay. Uh, um, what, what is your opinion? For, uh, let's start off with Jeff Fisher. Well, he almost came on the show this week, but he had uh, some health issues, I think. So he didn't get, by the way, you know, Suge Knight used to play in the USFL. I did know that. <laughs> and he was in the Rams training camp. Yes, and, yes. Know, I watched straight out of Compton like last night too. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I just randomly thought about that. But uh, so Jeff Fisher, I was hoping to get him on the show, man. We, we that's I'm bummed. Um, well, I mean, you know, I got. Hey, I'm glad you're trying to get in touch with him, but uh, he's an SC guy, so I got to root against him. Mm, just, mm. just on principle, he was just, part of the secondary with Dennis Smith, Joey Browner, and Ronnie Lott. Holy shit! Yeah. And uh, Taft High School, where where, um, where Ice Cube Hills. And, and House yeah. of Pain went. Yeah, he went to Taft High School, Woodland Hills, where uh, God, who was it? Uh. There's like a major basketball star that was one of his. Uh, Tra- was that Tracy Murray? Team. Was that Tracy Murray? No, 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 dude. Tracy Murray's like way after that. He played in like the early '90s. No, no, no. So. But did he go to that high school? I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think he, yeah, he went to Taft. I know he lit it up. I know. I I don't remember. I know he's from somewhere in the valley. But oh, yeah, uh, I I like him. Jeff Fisher going to a uh, like. I think he's a good hire for the Michigan team. I might have like, dude. Honestly, though, like we were saying, the Detroit market's so star for football. Good footballies. Yeah. I might have done a serious wild card hire. Now, who's hiring for these teams here? Is it like the league overall? I think the league for this first year, but hopefully, uh, what, they're going to get like individual franchise owners. Yes, and I think that's awesome. I mean, I I would love to see John. That's another thing is they should. I just hope they take a couple chances. John Gruden. We look. I wanted Paul Johnson. 
Paul Johnson would be number one to me or any triple option coach. But John Gruden is one where, you know, he called Roger Goodell a pussy and and a foot, no a football hating pussy. Yeah. And, Which and, he is. Yes, he a hundred percent is. And he did it illegally. I think he's got a great case and they're gonna have to pay uh Gruden money. I thought it was ridiculous that he got fired off that because they're prying into his emails that had nothing to do with the scenario. So of of why they were probably they were tr- going after Dan Snyder. So that, that yeah. you can when you do that, you only can look at that. So I think he's got a great hey, case. Dude, come on, Gruden, you're stupid for uh, doing that on company server email stuff. Come on, that's true. It's but like, at the time, he wasn't even a, a head coach. He was like an announcer. He's an announcer. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, let's go to fish, like with Fisher here though. I do like the idea of a guy who's historically had like ground and pound, play tough defense teams in the in the Michigan market. I do too. I, did too. I, I think I think that's important, dude. And those uh, uh, I, now I know the Carolina Panthers, but by the way, bit off the Michigan Panthers uniforms just ridiculously. Yes, uh, they. I think there's some type. Of, I'm eager to see the Michigan Panthers uniform because I think they might have forced them to change it because of the NFL's. I'm looking at the logo right now, and it's pretty funny because there is a touch of like the Carolina Panther blue. Oh, they it, bit like, off it. They bit off it. Go back and watch. Well, it. No, no, but yeah. it's like the uh, their colors are like gold and burgundy. Like they almost look like Boston College. But then there's this, just this touch of that Carolina Panther blue, Dude, which is very funny to me. The original Michigan Panthers helmet is great. Now I hope they still have that. That's what I was trying to say. It was like, I, I, I it's going to be interesting to watch. I, so far, it's we the the generals and gamblers. If if the uniforms are accurate with the commercial, which I think they will, those are going to be the same. Now Birmingham Stallions made adjustments. It's all right to me, but it it, it kind of screams Western Michigan to me. Um, when I look at the uniforms of the Birmingham stallions, I miss, I, I kind of like their old ones, but it's going to be interesting to watch the Michigan Panthers. Cause that's one that I feel like, man, as a guy, that's a football junkie. It seemed like everyone thought the Michigan Panthers had some of the best uniforms in, in football over the, you know, go back to people that have watched the USFL back in the days. Oh, I remember the Michigan Panthers, not only because they won with Bobby a and Anthony Carter, it was just because those uniforms, that helmet had never been done before where it's like drags yeah. down. No. Yeah. No dude. Yeah. That's because they they basically invented the helmet visor kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, like that came to dominate. Oh, I mean Jim, we you know our boy Jim McMahon did. But. Yeah, friend of the um, program. Okay. What about uh, um, the New Orleans Breakers? Well, now with Coach Larry Fedora. What do you? I, I don't even really. I'm not really familiar with Fedora. That was the one I was hoping it was going to be. I actually was hoping it was going to be uh, Ed Orgeron or Les Miles. <laughs> Oh, Ed Orgeron. He's in Ed New Orgeron Orleans. Would have been amazing. And, and even June Jones. You know, we've had June Jones on the show a bunch, and I was hoping maybe he goes to the XFL because he was. I un- was undefeated. hoping June Jones, like Jerry Glanville, yes, like all these like old school guys, like they'd kind of get the band back together. Me too. And, and Spurrier, like that would have been a lot of fun. Get all these like old run and shoot, like kind of yeah. guys. Like me too. That, yeah, we, that would have been really really fun. I, we've had uh, we've we, you know we've interviewed a shit ton of uh, former players and coaches and or current players. Jerry Glanville's the best interview you can do. He's for my buck. He's the best interview we've ever done. Um, I would have loved to have seen him. So with Larry Fedora though, I'm a little bored by that hire to tell you the truth. I'm a little bored by that hire. Um, I, uh, can I say, can I say something here? Colby? What's that? He's a ball cap coach. New Orleans is a visor coach city. It, well, and, and, <laughs> and those uniforms, uh, they are to me and they were back in the eighties. They were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the creamsicle uniforms of the USFL. It's and that's what I mean. It's play into that fun, the campy feel. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I want I 
dude, Stranger Things is one of the biggest shows on Netflix. You need to be going for that nostalgia, 80s nostalgia market yes. right now with this league. Dude, that, that's, well, that's why I hope they're using, like, I have the, the USFL theme song here, you know, like, I hope they're using this when they come oh, back. Oh, you have the USFL song? Or you yeah. I know, I know. I, my apologies, but th- I Dude. hope th- I hope they they play the theme song. I hope they use the old '80s graphics. You know what I mean, like with the helmets. Oh on- yeah, 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 dude. No, it should. They should try and make it look like an '80s broadcast as much as possible. Trust me, that shit would sell. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It would just be cool to look at. Yes. Like. And you have, make the graphics like very old and basic fonts. They might like, be though. They might be. You saw when they had that the the press release in Birmingham. They had the horse with the USFL. Uh, yeah, you know. Don't don't try and XFL it up and be too modern. Yes, I completely agree. Get the helmet cars in the end zones. Uh, that that helmet would be, cars one hundred percent. I didn't even think of that angle. That's brilliant. that was Patty C. That was Patty C's saying, "Hey, they got to do that." What made football so cool back then was stuff like that. All these little things, and he even has more. That's why we should have had him on this episode too with you, because he has more ideas of like like stuff like that. That that uh, I mean, even the fact that yeah. And if you play on turf, it needs to be on that turf that rolls out straight over concrete that like is guaranteed to kill you when you land on. (laughs) (laughs) Those days are probably done. I don't even see that in college anymore. But uh, uh, I I mean, Fedora to New New Orleans as as a team is, is is. Campy and I enjoy the franchise. I really do. I hope they play at Tulane Stadium. But Fedora, cool. Fedora to me was one that I mean, I never met the guy. Might be a nice guy. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I was hoping for a splashier hire there. No disrespect yeah. to Coach Fedora, but I'm just saying, I was hoping for a June Jones, a Ed Orgeron, a Les Miles. That you know who work. would be great for that one here? What's that? Greg Williams, the guy. Oh, the that's coach my you, guy, man. That's my coach. You got well, fucking. Well, I think he's gonna be th- over in the Bounty Gate because of New Orleans, dude. He would have been an amazing. Like people in New Orleans love him. They think he got screwed over in that Bounty Gate deal. He would have been awesome. Well, I can tell you this. I think we might see him as defensive coordinator of the Michigan Panthers. And you want my logic on this? Yeah. Cause him and Fisher go way. Yes, back, man. He was a uh, part of the, uh, he coached with Fisher for uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, slash Houston Oilers from 1990 to 2000. Right. And then he coached again with Fisher with the St. Louis Rams. Yep. So uh, a lot of connections there. I'm hoping he hires him because that would be fantastic to see him and in the league. We already kind of mentioned this, but I do like skip Holtz going to the Birmingham. Yes. I like that a lot. That, think, that one makes skip, perfect sense, man. Skip Holtz got a raw deal at Louisiana. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Anyone raw deal. He, he barely had a losing season there. And it's like, you're going to fire him because of a down year during the, some COVID shit and during crazy COVID. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, like the 20, especially the 2020 season, Maybe the 2021 season, eh, you can kind of, if he was already on the hot seat in 2019. But like, if if it's a new coach, especially those these last two seasons, you kind of got to give these guys like like a, a longer leash, I think. Dude, uh, and he had a great record in bowl games. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense why he John Wood was at UCLA like 18 years before he won a national championship. Trust me, things, things great things can take. Yes, Bill McCartney at Colorado. It took like year six. I feel like I mean they were losing a, a shit ton the first three or four years. Yeah, dude. No, it happens. Like uh, Kirby Wilson's at for Pittsburgh. What do you think there? That's one where I'm interested. I'm interested because I, his resume is is quite impressive. I would say as far as how long he's been at at it. Um, he's back. He was with the Steelers, so I think that that's kind of cool. 
He's a running back coach. Uh, so I, I jury's out, but I like it. Uh, that's I think, yeah, he knows the terrain. And I think, uh, you know, here's the thing is I think the Pittsburgh team really, really needs to make an effort to be a power, 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 power team, power run, yes. power run, power run, power run. Because the last few years have become too much of a spread. Team, I agree, dude. They, they, and it's not the, the like the ethos that I grew up with, uh, dude. I I watch Steeler football now, and I want to vomit. Yeah, it's I, like, dude, I know you're a Steeler three, guy, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, it's like way too many three wide. I want to see that fullback in front of Jerome Bettis, bro. Yes, That's yes, what I want to yes. see, dude. Franco see Harris. Style. I want to see Dan Kreider out there cracking <laughs> heads. I agree, <laughs> man, and. uh so then we got I you know you know what then coach I, Mike Mike Riley that's an interesting one to me that is an interesting one because this guy what, what first off the, the generals both ones in the northeast now I know Pittsburgh somewhat northeast but um, the generals and the stars to me are are very intriguing Mike Riley first off he's coached in the CFL he's coached in the uh, WLAF the World League in 1991 with the San Antonio Riders. I remember watching them. Yeah. Um, he's had what two stints at Oregon State? Uh, two stints at Oregon State, one at Nebraska. He's he's been with the AAF San Antonio Commanders. He was with the XFL as their OC slash quarterback coach. Seattle Dragons. He coached in the NFL with San Diego and, and New Orleans. Um, and he's he's he, like I said, even college football like FCS. Nor <laughs> take him back to 1986. He was a DC for Northern Colorado, um, the Bears. So uh, I, I'm intrigued there. He's a football junkie, so I love that. I love that. I about do him. think I do think one of the keys for this uh, is guys that have like either that small conference college experience or low level position coach experience in the NFL, because I. Like the low, like real, like real low level, you know, because it's like, I think it's going to take guys with a chip on their shoulder to really connect with guys in a chip on your shoulder league. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, my now, now the hire that that really won me over because I didn't, I had to really do my history was Bart Andrus. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with him, but so this I'm is that's you- why it's fun. Let me let me go through this guy's resume first off. Okay. He played at Los Angeles Valley Junior College and Montana. All right. So he was a QB there. Um, he, he starts his coaching career back in 1981 with St. Patrick's High School in California somewhere. Right. Then he becomes a GA at BYU around the same time, 1984, which I believe I'd have to double check, but our friend Mike Leach was a GA there too. Right. Also, our friend Jim McMahon was a quarterback there, and I believe Andy Reid was an offensive lineman, if memory serves me correct. At BYU, yeah. Yeah, uh, so he's a GA there. Then he goes to Humboldt State. Dude, Brian Billick was at BYU in those days too. Like, oh, BYU cranks out Lavelle Edwards days, man. Lavelle Edwards days, they were just killing it. But, but then he goes to Humboldt State as an OC. By the way, Humboldt State, if you're listening to this, can you start your fucking football program back again? It's pathetic. You got rid of it. Um, after that, he goes to Montana State. The Bobcats who just played for the FCS championship. Then Southern Utah. Then get this. I had never heard of this institution. The head football coach of Rocky Mountain University. Rocky Mountain University. That just sounds bad. That sounds like you get a pickaxe <laughs> and a shovel, and they teach you gold mining first day you show up, dude. <laughs> then he goes. Then he goes to Jeff Fisher. He was the Tennessee Oilers in ninety all the way from ninety seven to ninety nine, which wow. I believe that was the year they went to the Super Bowl in ninety nine. 
He was their uh, offensive analyst slash quarterback coach all the way those so this years. Guy's, this guy's got pedigree, dude. Th- dude, it gets here. it gets better. Check this out. He then goes to the World League with the Ryan Fire in 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 Germany, right? The Ryan Fire, I remember those yes, guys. Yes, and then he becomes the head coach of the Amsterdam Admirals, which I believe he wanted. Oh, they were heavy he, hitters. Yeah, he won a World Bowl there. Yeah, they're definitely World Bowl champs. I remember that one. Then he goes back to the Tennessee <laughs> Titans, right? Then he goes to the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. Then he goes to the UFL with the Omaha Nighthawks. This of that uh, Crank Acres, David Langrier. <laughs> like, I tried out for the Raiders. I tried out for the Colts. I tried out for the Argonauts. Every fucking team. So, dude, he's at the Omaha Nighthawks. He was an OC, but then he becomes a head coach there. Then he goes to the St. Louis Rams with Jeff Fisher in 2013. Then in 2014, don't ask me where this fucking university is. Quincy, California. Where is Quincy, California? He goes to Feather River College as a head coach in 2014. Oh, that's got to be up by like Chico or some shit, probably. Well, then he goes to the Spring League. And then he goes, most recently, he was a coach for the Ottawa Gigi's, a college in Canada. This guy's a football junkie. I think, dude, if they weren't in Philadelphia, I would love them because I, I just grew up hating the, the Philadelphia fans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's they're, tough they're, for they're, me to, to fully say, well, I got to go with the Philadelphia stars, but I, I, I could tell you this, uh, sign me up for being a Bart Andrews fan. Cause this dude's a junkie. I love it. Right. Well, you know, Todd Haley, uh, my, my guy in Tampa, my, my Tampa Bay bandits, uh, I was looking at Todd Haley's resume and you know, like I didn't get so much into the coaching and stuff as you did, but I did look into his personal life a little. <laughs> and, uh, here's basically the deal that, the thing that sold me on Todd Haley here. Cause I wasn't going to, I was thinking gamblers at the very beginning and I was like, Nope, can't with Kevin Sumlin. And then it was like, Oh, I like Todd Haley, but I also like skip holds. So this was like a really tough call for me. Well, Haley, right. Haley's got, can, what, I, t- oh, can oh, I tell you? Yeah. 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 Tell you this? yeah go All for right. it. Haley has five children with his wife, Chrissy. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's got how many five children with his wife, Chrissy. Wow. In 2006, Haley. Fi- I went to his Wikipedia page. So this is where I got this. The only thing on my mind, Gene, was pussy. <laughs> I'm sorry. 2006. Go. Haley filed a 1.5 million dollar lawsuit against McDonald's after his wife found a dead rat in her salad. <laughs> okay. It's like Beavis and Butthead. The salad, <laughs> yeah, the salad was purchased at a South Lake Texas McDonald's restaurant where Haley was a member of the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. His wife and their living babysitter began to eat before noticing the rat. The case was settled out of court <laughs> for a confidential amount. So the fact that he got a dead rat in a salad settlement from McDonald's, <laughs> this is the kind of guy I want running running the operation. Because he the is fact not only he's head at coach. McDonald's as a fucking millionaire. What are you doing? <laughs> no, dude, because he was just the wide receivers coach for the Cowboys at the time. That's oh, that's right. Okay. Mind. He hadn't been here. Wait, he hadn't been the, the, the OC. No, this was in 2006. Okay. okay. Dude, this is when he was fighting with T.O. I think so. Okay. Okay. Continue on. <laughs> you know, yeah. And he's head coach slash general manager, according to this page. So uh, I want the guy that's winning out of court settlements from McDonald's on the dead rat in the salad. <laughs> that's. That's the guy I want leading my man into battle. Hey, I'll That's- be honest. I was a skeptic of Todd Haley, but I'm kind of, you're winning me over with this. 
You're winning me over with this rat, this rat salad. First off, who the fuck goes to McDonald's and gets a salad? Let alone, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of what you get. They're like, oh, they ordered a salad. They're trying to make it healthy. Uh, put a rat in there. <laughs> Got to give them some protein. Oh, that's fucking great. What a great story. And like, dude, I, I'm so glad I did my research for this episode because I wouldn't have. I would not have stumbled upon that one, dude. That's really why I. Wanted I don't know to get how I the... missed that. That's I'm in. This is why we that's have why you. I on wanted here. to get into the coaches so much, dude. I got so many reasons, but I needed need to get through all these Kirby Wilson. Oh man, so that's good. Get to the dead rat salad. That's good, man. And but he's the only guy with an only NFL background. That's what's going to be. In. Oh no, he was Riverview High School offensive. Yeah, coordinator. yeah, dude. Dude, he was at a dude, and the fact that he went back to high school. After his last F NFL job before going to the USFL, tells me he really wants this. Yeah, and tells me he might have been eating more uh, rat salads more with, rat that, with that salary there at Riverview High School. Uh, okay, <laughs> and then wait, do is that do we name do we name all of them? No, Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we that's going to be our auto fade, right? First week one, I'm going to lock up whoever's playing the Houston Gamblers. Well, here's what's interesting. I agree. We like we made a fortune fading someone at A and M uh, and especially at Arizona. Arizona, man, oh my it. god, yeah. Arizona was. But if you look, and this is what's interesting, his time, his most success came when he was at Houston. All right, so I know, I know. It, this, it, could be, this could work. He's back home. I mean, look, uh, he went thirty-five and seventeen as a. Uh, Maybe the Texans end up poaching him. Yeah, I mean, and this is a guy thirty-five and seventeen as a head coach at the, the University of Houston. He had a twelve and one season, a ten and four season, and and, and you got to love the fact he's got Joe Tiller roots. He play, he was coached at uh, Purdue right. with Joe Tiller. He also coached at Wyoming with Joe Tiller. He was a GA at Washington State. Our friends up there in Pullman. Uh, so uh, it, I look, I want to fade him, but part of me is like, if there's maybe he feels at home, and maybe this will work out for him. I well, don't I mean, know I, if they're going to go interdivision week one. I like to think the Southern division teams will play each other. Northern division teams will play each other week one, just to kind of create these rivalries right, right off the gate. Right. Yeah. And, and did That's you, what you did, would think, I think the first game is what generals and, and stallions. Oh, see, that's, that's a North versus South dude. We can't get into that. We gotta, we gotta make the we civil gotta build war. It up. We go, yeah, we gotta call it the civil war bowl at the end of the year. <laughs> the Stonewall the Jackson Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the George McClellan Bowl. Dude, this would be great. They should name all their bowls the Ulysses S. Grant Bowl. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, dude, let's the, let's own this. The uh, the Robert E. Lee Cup. <laughs> dude, but Sumlin, did you know that Sumlin uh, went to high school in, in Indianapolis, uh, and he actually was part of the Purdue team with Jim Everett, Rod Woodson, Chris Dishman and Fred Strickland and Mel Gray. Dude, that's a ridiculous. See, Chris Dishman and Rod Woodson in the same Oh my god. College. Can you That's re- How that's did they so and they had nasty. And dude, and they had uh Fred Strickland was a good linebacker for the LA Rams. Uh, Jim Everett was a, a nice quarterback, Mel Gray. How were they not uh, you know, undefeated those years? Shit. Just that secondary alone. Jeez. Yeah, seriously. Um, and so that, that pretty much does it with all of our coaches. Um, uh, anything else you want to add in before we get out of here? Uh, is there any other, I don't know. I, I feel like they should bring back the blazers too. Just, you were talking about that. We yeah, should no, do we this. need to get like, dude, we need to do a live, like pregame show, like the way you do for college Saturdays and stuff. Yeah. We need to do one of those, but we'll, we'll stream it together. Uh, and then, uh, we'll wear the orange sport coats, with the USFL patches, and I'll get the toupee. You just keep, get, keep that mustache rocking. Dude. And we'll, I'm all on board. I'll, I'll be like this. 
It's so hard I'll, I'll grow to sit statue. back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name <laughs> when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other <laughs> than you made. <laughs> Shout out to Ric Flair, man. Hopefully he gets hey, involved hey, with the can, USFL. Hey, can I get some of that Dundee music, dude? Oh, Just... y- yes, yes. Hang on, no, man. Uh, which which one though? The ones I no, was playing no, no, earlier? Like the, the, the serious one, the, the, the lighthearted fun one. Oh, uh, this is the lock special here. We here got we the go. USFL coming back. All right. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Let's ride hey, into we... it. Subscribe. Guys, I want everyone out there. We need to be rocking island vibes with <laughs> well, the USFL, with, especially with the New Orleans Breakers. I just feel like oh, it that's fits. what we get. We get USFL Hawaiian shirts with the orange sport coats, and that's what we. Do. I like it. I like it, man. Everyone out there, please do yourself the favor and subscribe to the Luck Stops Here podcast. I, I yeah, I, dude. I just had my hundredth episode this week, and uh, had my brother and sister on where we try and pinpoint the moment I became a full blown DJN, and we tell the full story. <laughs> of how we grew up across the street from this crazy, insane family that had two like drunk Vietnam vet sons that still lived with them. Like <laughs> when they were older and then the dad died, the mom moved out with a guy named Frenchie and they took over the house and smoked crack all over the place and brought over the, I gotta, I gotta listen to track. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. It, it, it really says a lot about who I am as a person. And, so. and you can find that on, on any platform where podcast, any platform, yes. yeah. a- iTunes, Spotify, all or Apple podcasts, all of it. So. And on Twitter it's, it's at luck stops pod. Yep. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at luck stops pod. And, and also, also me, Scott um, Bowser Scott, on Twitter. Yeah. Scott right? underscore Bowser. If you like bad jokes about, uh, Stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great jokes. Get out of here. Uh, look, subscribe, do all that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at D Colby D the USFL gambling and, podcast. And just a quick USFL time. Maybe kind of uh, look for me coming up in the ESPN 30 for 30. That's supposed to be out in the next couple months of uh, American gladiator. There we that. go. There we go. I love it. I can't wait for that. Uh, subscribe to the USFL gambling podcast on Twitter at USFL gambling. There's much more news. We're going to try to get a bunch of uh, a bunch of th- things going here with the USFL as we get closer and closer to April. What is it? 16th. I believe April yeah. 16th. There are 63 days, five hours away. Let's do it. Um, this is the USFL gambling podcast. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Wait, I, I just, there we go. That's what I wanted. <laughs>